Buenos dias. It's great to have you here today. Welcome. I'm Dan. I'm the lead pastor here. Life community, you all look fantastic today. You came in, in, in from the heat, and it doesn't even look like it. Just look fantastic. We are so excited. I'm so full of energy. It's not the coffee, because I don't drink coffee. Maybe you do. But I'm so excited about what we are going to do together today. Speaking of coffee, how many people are coffee drinkers here? Okay. And in, in a couple weeks, in September, we're going to open up the coffee bar, okay? I know. I know. So I thought, kind of as for fun and in anticipation of that, I thought I'd ask a couple coffee questions, okay, to get a gauge of the group. So I'm going to ask, I'm going to give you three options here, and uh, I'll, I'll read through the options, and then I'll read through them again. You can raise your hand, okay, the second time. All right, so here we go. Three choices regarding coffee consumption. Which one, which one defines you, okay? First one, casual coffee drinker. Second, regular coffee drinker. Third, it's a real problem. I might kill you if I don't get it, okay? Those are the three categories. So raise your hand if you are a casual coffee drinker. Okay, regular coffee drinker. It's a real problem. I might kill you if I don't get it. Okay, all right. Here's another one. Which one defines you? Number one, I add enough to my coffee that it's not really coffee. Number two, I've worked my way down to one additive, a creamer. Three, I drink Black Death. None of that weak stuff, please. Okay, so let's see. First of all, I add enough things to my coffee that it's not really coffee. Interesting. Man, you learn a lot about people, don't you? Uh, second is I've worked my way to one additive to creamer. Oh, on your way to a healthy addiction. And the third one is I drink the Black Death. None of that weak stuff, please. Look at that. We should do demographics of that. I'm interested. Okay, one final question. You can tell I'm trying to kill time here a little bit if people come in. Okay, regarding the potential of a certain coffee company building on our property. Some of you know this, relocating here. A coffee company that starts with an S, ends with an S, and has in the middle Tarbuck. Okay, so I, don't, I can't give it away, but that's what it is. So three options. One, that's not my favorite coffee place. It won't affect me. Two, I like it, but I promise I'll never be in the line when the service starts. Three, I won't be in line because I'll be sitting in the coffee place with an IV hooked up, live streaming the service, okay? So let's start with the first one. One, that's not my favorite coffee place. It won't affect me. Okay. Second, I like it, but I promise I'll never be in the line. You got to pick one, by the way. I promise, but I'll never be in line while the service starts, okay? I won't be in the line because I'll be sitting in the coffee place with an IV hooked up, live streaming the service. Okay, everybody pay attention to who just raised their hand because that is wrong, it's wrong. <laughs> okay, I am killing time because I am really excited about something we're gonna do today. Um, this is it's gonna be different, we're gonna mix it up today. I know all of you, as soon as I say that, some of you are clenching, that's okay, I get it. Uh, if you're new here today, I wanna tell you, we do not typically do this, but it's gonna be okay. It's actually gonna be, I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. So let me walk you through, because some of you are like, okay, he said something, I got to know exactly what's coming. Each of you have a number. Can you hold up that number for me? Okay, hold it up proud. Very good. So in a moment, I'm going to dismiss us to head to a numbered location where others who have your same number will gather at that place. And for the next 
35, 38 minutes or so, we'll be together with all who share something in common with you. So when you get there, try and figure out what it is. And when you arrive at your numbered location, have a seat. There will be someone there to lead you through an experience who, guess what, has your same number. So here's part of what we're going to do, this exercise. No, we're not going to exercise. We're going to do an exercise, okay? So here it is, part of the exercise. To kick off, we're going we're gonna to have a couple things to answer together. And let me give you the first two, because I know, I know what you're thinking, but this is easy. And it's, it's, it's going to be really easy. So let me give you an example, okay? And you can think of these on your way there even. First question, are you a morning or an evening person? Okay, simple, right? Second one, do you hit the snooze button on your alarm or do you wake up right away? Okay, simple question. That's an example. We'll do most of these questions in rapid succession. It'll be over with before it begins. Why are we doing this? You're wondering. Well, yes, part of the goal is to get to know some people and have other people know you. Uh, but there's more, and that'll be revealed later because we're going to come back in here after our exercise, doing an exercise. We're going to come back in here in the auditorium, and I'm, gonna, I'm gonna just going to share. We're going to reflect for 10 to 12 minutes on that, and that will be our day-to-day. Okay? So we all got it. I've got numbers up here in case you didn't get one, so come see me if you didn't. Here's the instructions. If you are in numbers, if you are number one through five, you will be in this room. Okay? You can actually see there's some set up one two and then on the wings and then out here okay the rest of you when i dismiss you head out these two doors follow the signs it'll be easy to find ask somebody there'll be people out there you can ask to um, and you'll find the numbers listed clearly if you want to know numbers five through eight are in the lobby number nine is in the nursery numbers 10 through 12 are in the kids life room and 13 through 18 are kind of down the hallway that way or in the youth room okay at 10:57, you'll head back to come in here and we'll go. It's all going to go really fast. All right? Are you ready? Here we go. And I'll just say, if you're watching at home, I'm really sorry. you got to find something to do for about 38 minutes and then come back. Okay. All right. Head out. And a hush came over the crowd. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of that. I know that's um, for some of you, that was a stretch. But uh, I hope you at least got to to meet a couple other people, maybe somebody you had never met before. And, you know, I was in one of the groups. We talked about uh, things that we can pray about. And it was just neat. It's neat sometimes to hear what's happening in other people's lives and to know the people that you're worshiping with. Um, I want to reflect for a couple minutes. Uh, I, lo- I love to work at cars, on cars. I do it at home. The reason I love to do it is because uh, you diagnose a problem, right? You start working on it, and then... It, you get it finished. You actually finish something. I love the aspect of doing that. And t- in order to understand the car world better, I, I, I learned about it from another person who kind of taught me, and then I got to know how a car is put together. And the more that you delve into that, whether it be a car or something else, you, you start to understand how, to, how it works, how it's put together, how to navigate it. You start to feel more confident. And you actually start to appreciate how this thing was put together. Um, today, just as we t- we're just spent time in groups, I want to talk about the church because I think it's important for us to understand how things started and how things were put together in the church and the reason why we uh, make it a goal to know one another. 
and to walk through life and to love one another. So in Matthew 16, I'm going to walk through this. Matthew 16, uh, Jesus started talking about the church. Okay, he started opening up with with disciples, and one of his disciples, Peter, um, basically said, "We we know you're the Messiah, and and we believe." And Jesus said, "Yes." And then he started to talk about the church, and he. Jesus said about the church that the gates of hell would not be able to stop the church that he was putting together. Wouldn't be able to stop it. Now, this church, as we would learn, would be the start of a new family, okay, that was made possible by Jesus' death, his resurrection. And this church that would be made up of, of these Christ followers would be known, later become known as the Bride of Christ. The Bride of Christ. We are the Bride of Christ, a bride being prepared for her husband. The husband is Jesus. We are the bride. Let that sink in a little bit of what that means. Now, in John 13, while Jesus was there, he showed his disciples even more. He began to show them a little more of what this would look like. How is this church put together? How should we live in this church? And he gave them this, this basis for how this new family should live. And if you were at this, uh, the leader retreat that we did recently, you know we talked about this. That Jesus said, if, if I can get it to work, here it comes. There it is. Okay. Jesus said, to, before his death and resurrection, he said, a new command I give you. He's talking to his followers here, his disciples. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. Okay? This, this kind of love that Jesus was talking about was not a, a mystical, not simply a mystical, heady, a groovy kind of love. Okay? It was tangible. It was tangible. He gave them just a very clear picture of this is what the love looks like. This is how you love one another. And you know what he did? Some of you know, he washed their feet. He washed their feet. He served them. And what, after that, it, well, let's read it a little bit. John 13, 12. He said, when he had, says, when Jesus had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. And he said to them, do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that's what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. Okay? He said this to his closest followers. Do this. Do this as I did for you. And all the people in the room, Peter, Matthew, James, John, the rest, they were supposed to do that. They were supposed to serve one another, but also allow themselves to be served. Okay? Some of that's harder. One of those might be harder for you than the other. Now, fast forward a little bit, we get to Acts 2. This is a passage we talk a lot about around here, okay? And we see a picture of the early church actually living out this command to love one another. This is what we see, Acts 2.42. The early church, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together. They had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Praising God, enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So you see it. Jesus' followers here living life together, washing each other's feet, letting their feet be washed. It's just a beautiful picture 
and, and we talk about it around here a lot. This is one of uh, just a passage that we, we bring up again and again because it's a picture for us of how to live. The bride of Christ being transformed, being changed as they simply wash each other's feet. The sense of belonging is real. The sense of purpose. They were one together waiting for the groom to return. By the way, Jesus said, if you, if you simply do that, simply love one another, you will change the world around you. So Jesus started the church. We're looking under the hood here. Jesus started the church, and the Bible tells us now that he is the active head of the church, not pastors, not elders. He's the head of the church. So it's not hard to understand. He didn't make it hard to understand. It's simple. Love one another. And allow yourself to be loved, too. He set it up simply. Now, some of us today, we're looking. This world is looking. We're longing for, for something more in our lives, right? We, something deeper. Something that, that brings change to our lives. Something that transforms. We just can't seem to go where we want to go. Maybe it's in life or with Jesus. And, and we feel stuck. We feel the same uh, some of us feel distant. We feel alone. We don't feel a sense of belonging. Others of us have, don't have a sense of purpose. What was I made to do? The answers to those longings are found in Jesus and the new community that he established. Let me say that again. The answers to those longings are found in Jesus and the new community he established, the church. Let's talk about changing transformation, maturity, okay? Francis Chan, a, a former pastor of thousands, okay? He left that because he wanted to live a real picture of the church. He wasn't. And he, this is what he writes in his, in his reflections. He said, I just assumed that maturity would happen if people came every week and listened to the best sermons I could deliver. And I, I now realize that maturity has at least as much to do with relationships as knowledge. But not everyone is interested in perfect oneness with each other. There are those who are interested in going to church for an hour service, but have no desire to enter into deep relationships. That makes no sense biblically. The church is a united body. The more mature a church becomes, the deeper their love will be. And I think he's, he's only noticing what the Bible has communicated already. Biblically, we are changed through the Holy Spirit as we learn to live life and love each other in a new family. In, in that family, the spiritual family, which is regarded as higher than the biological family, all right, we find belonging. Acts 2, 44. All the believers were together. They had everything in common. Acts 4. They were one in heart and mind. Paul wrote in Romans, we are one body in Christ. We are individually members of one another. There's a sense we belong to each other. This family is belonging. In this family, we also find purpose. And Jesus prayed for those people, that the feet he just washed of his disciples. He prayed for them in John 17, and he said, we've heard this several times around here, but let, let it sink in. He prayed for them to the Father. He's praying to the Father, and he says, I'm praying not only for them, my disciples, I'm also praying for those who will believe, that's you and me, 
because of them and their witness about me. The goal is for all of them to be what? One heart and one mind, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you. We've talked about that, how profound that statement is. So that they might be one heart and one mind with us. Then the world might believe that you, in fact, sent me. So there's an impact on the world by us being one. Okay. The same glory, he keeps praying, the same glory you gave me, I gave them. So they'll be unified and together as we are, I and them and you and me. Then they'll be mature in this oneness and give the godless world evidence that you've sent me and love them in the same way you loved me. Purpose in becoming one changes the world. Now, Peter wrote about this purpose, too. In 1 Peter 2, he says, But you are the ones chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work, chosen to be a holy people, God's instruments to do his work and to speak out for him, to tell others of the night and day difference he made for you, from nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. So we've, we've got purpose in this family. Now, Jesus did something unique in this family, this new family. He gave gifts. He gave gifts to everybody in this family. You have a gift. I have a gift. We all have gifts. And he passed out those gifts. He, and he said, these are the gifts you use to wash one another's feet, to love one another, and to love this world. These are the gifts. And his word gives us a lot of examples of how we love one another. We call them the one another's of Scripture. Love one another. Encourage one another. Share with one another. And so on. We build the church as we engage those gifts that he's given us. Now about our God. Our God is, is just his nature. Is a, he's a reconciler. He brings together. He brings things together. We have a very real enemy. You know, there's just a study done that, that a lot of Christians don't believe that we have an enemy. They don't believe in the devil. They don't believe in, in Satan. But he's real. And, and our enemy has done, he's done this from the very beginning. His goal is to isolate and to separate, to divide. Try, he tries to get us to live independently and wrestle with that identity Wrestle with belonging, wrestle with purpose, and to, to wrestle with it alone. Because if he can get us to live life without others, other Christ followers, oh, he's made significant impact in our life. So he looks to divide, to separate, to isolate. That's what he does. And in this pandemic, he's probably, um, I think he's more at work in a long time. So we've got to fight for this family that Jesus established. We are literally in a war. That's what the Bible says. So this transition, as we work, as we enter the fall together, I want to inspire you. I really do. I want to, to motivate you to take a step toward this beautiful, wondrous, amazing dynamic that Jesus created in the church. It's where we find transformation it's where we find belonging. It's where we find purpose with God's people, the church, the bride of Christ, specifically with, I would say, a smaller family of believers where we can wash someone's feet and someone can wash our feet. You need it. I need it. We need it. This, your family needs it. So what you shared in common with others in your group 
besides being human and having the same number, is you have a deep need, a deep need for others to wash your feet. You also have a deep need, you may not know it, to wash others' feet as well. Choose this family because Jesus died for it, he started it, he's the head of it, and he's coming back for it. The, uh, the new gas station opened here, okay? The sheets with a Z, right? It's got to have a Z on it. Important. So we got, uh, somebody sent us a link to a, you could go do a preview night there and, and try it out and stuff like that. Um, so I got there, and there was a sign on the door as I walked in that said, um, you call the shots with a Z, right? You get their marketing thing going there. You call the shots. And that really is, that's the message of this world. It's the message of the enemy, that you are independent, you can do what you want, you can self-select. And God has given us free will. But I'm challenging you today, you are the church, let Jesus call the shots on this. Trust him, what he says, trust him, what he started, what he asked us to be a part of, and that new command to love others, to let others love us. So, we have some places around here you can do it. They'll be scrolling behind here. You can get on mylcc.info. Here's the challenge today. Take a step. Okay, if you are not connected with a small family around here, just take a step. What does that mean? I think it means do something. <laughs> All right? Talk to someone who's in a group, maybe. Maybe the first step is to, to uh, text leader or call them and ask about it um, maybe it's an action step I'm gonna go once I'm gonna go once and, and meet. I'm gonna be, be be connected in some way I'm gonna go once a month I'm gonna go every other week uh, I'm gonna go weekly whatever it is take a step towards this family this exercise we did this morning was designed for you to get to meet some others and to show you it's it's not so scary to take a step even if it's a small one, you can do it. You can do it. But we are the church. We are the bride. And here's what's coming when Jesus comes back, when we're with him. We're given a picture of it in Revelation. Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters and like loud petals of thunder shouting, Hallelujah, for our Lord God Almighty let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory for the wedding of the lamb has come Jesus is the lamb of God and his bride it's us has made herself ready fine linen bright and clean was given her to wear fine linen stands for the righteous acts of God's holy people then the angel said to me write this blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the lamb and he added these are the true words of God. And what a day it'll be when we'll be with our Savior. And what a, <laughs> what a feast to be with the one who saved us. So today, um, I wanted to just give you that picture of what's under the hood because the more we engage with, with others, the more confidence we have the more we learn what Jesus intended and how to navigate it, the more we appreciate 
what he set up. So let me pray, and uh, let's pray and ask him to continue to mature us in him. Jesus, thank you for this morning and for the chance to meet others. Thank you for each and every person here and the way you, have, you know the numbers on the hair of their head, that you love them intimately and that you do just have such a strong desire for them to be connected with you and to be connected with those who know you. God, help us to live out what you intended the church to be. God, we live in this culture and we fight against it, but it draws us away from each other. Give us the strength and the conviction by your spirit to choose to live in a place where we can wash each other's feet, to live in that kind of environment. And God, I pray too for, there may be someone here who doesn't know the sacrifice of your son on the cross for them. We know that, that he came to die for us so that we could be forgiven of our sin and to have life and to be made right with you. So I pray for them today too, God. And we look forward to the day. We know you're coming back for us. And it's going to be a glorious day. And all praise is going to go to you. But until that time, God, help us to live out what you did with those followers in the upper room when you washed their feet and you said to them, do this for one another. We love you. We thank you for this morning. And we give you glory. And everybody said, amen. All right.